WLG is proud to support BIV's 2020 fastest growing companies and congratulates all of this year's recipients. From regulatory hurdles to IP issues, we know that taking your business to the next level is often easier said than done. Visit our website to learn how we can help accelerate your growth wherever business takes you. Hi, my name is Marshall Burke and Vice President, Products and Services at TELUS Business Solutions. Businesses big and small are looking for new ways to thrive in the future. And at TELUS, we're deeply committed to helping in every way we can. We pride ourselves on providing world-class service and support for the technology your business use every day. The TELUS team is here for you, and we'd be happy to be part of your conversations and help you identify the right solutions for your organization. To learn more about how we can help you transform your business, visit telus.com forward slash business. Welcome to our special series this week at BIV on technology in British Columbia, a group of discussions that we're having on the impact of the pandemic, on our use, the acceleration of, the development of technology. I'm CryptoPoint, publisher and editor-in-chief. Now, when we talk about tech in British Columbia, there's no company larger than TELUS. We know it traditionally for its communications prowess in the consumer and business markets, and we know it more recently as well for its advent into telemedicine, but it's also a major player in research and in collaborations across various tech industries. So it has one of the best vistas, I think, as a, of a company in helping us understand the developing landscape of technology in our province and beyond and how our own lives are being reshaped around technology at home and at work, which are, of course, one and the same now in the COVID-19 era. Marshall Birkin is the vice president product and services at, at TELUS, and uh, we're glad to have you uh, on the on the podcast today. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Welcome. Uh, to, um, I, I want to uh, start about the, just the general broad outline of how the pandemic is, is teaching business right now. Yeah, it, it certainly is. Um, you know, I, I think the first thing we noticed, er, you know, in the early stages of the pandemic was, you know, <clears throat> necessity is the mother of all invention. And, and I think, you know, the first three months, businesses everywhere across the globe were just reacting to how do they change the way they do business, primarily around working from home as, as the first. And I think that's the, the, the very first lesson that, you know, I think we all learned was the importance of resiliency, adaptability. Like, I think businesses were really forced uh, to have to figure out how to do things differently. Um, I think the second piece um, was really around business continuity planning, the, the relevance of that. And, and I think the pandemic uh, really made that those types of plans come to life beyond just your, your own organization, but really beyond it into supply chains and, and customers and all of it. So I think, uh, you know, it's, it's forced us to really think about those things as, as more of a front and center in terms of how we do, do business going forward. The but, third, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. And, and I think the, the third key thing uh, was really around uh, the health, safety and well-being of employees and, and maintaining morale. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what I noticed personally was um, after the initial shock of, of COVID and working from home, uh, you know, the, the, the isolation and the, the, just the family challenges of everyone being home, all of that really, really was impactful to, to many of our team members. And so having to adjust and make sure that we've got those types of programs in place to help people adjust to working from home on a permanent basis uh, was, was really a, a key learning for us. 
isn't it a little bit strange, right? It's, if if uh, if a company is a car, it was almost like you were putting you know your foot down on the gas on one part, foot down on the brake on the other part, uh, you know, taking the the <laughs> the the, the seatbelt out, uh, you know, in one part, I mean, you know, looking in your rear view mirror in the other part, I mean, it, the, the multi-directional uh, approach that you had to take all of a sudden um, was, was once in a lifetime. hundred uh, percent, you know, being, you know, a, you know, a key telecommunications organization in Canada it was right out of the gate, you know, the, the change of that the pandemic forced us was the changing use of our technology. And so we didn't, there was no uh, adjustment period for us. It went literally overnight and the use of our networks and understanding how do we keep, you know, the economy going, businesses going in the shift while at the same time trying to digest and uh, address the changes that we had to go through, you know, luckily for us, um, our CEO, Darren Inwistle, had the, the foresight to enact some work from home policies uh, a decade ago. And about 70% of our team members were already working from home in some form or fashion. So we went from 70% sort of part-time to 95% full-time literally within, within weeks. And that was a key capability for us to allow us to not only respond to the needs of our customers, uh, government, uh, everyone, uh, but also our own in terms of team member and, and keeping our own business going. So it was a great learning, but it certainly was uh, a stressful time for everybody. Yeah, I mean, because I want to get the, the picture as well. Uh, I mean, I don't want to dwell too much on that period, but it was a period of almost like triage for a, for a lot of companies. You know, you, yeah. you have on the one hand your responsibility to your employees and you've got to direct them to get home and, you know, get themselves going and find a way to, to have continuity. And yet I would also expect that as a, as a provider of such technology to so many businesses and so many consumers, that people were also saying, well, I have to make sure I call TELUS and get my stuff going well, right? So, you, so you've got this dual focus. Um, what surprised you in, all, in, in this period? Uh, what surprised me in all this period? Um, the first, I, I honestly, the first was how quickly we reacted. Um, we, we've over the years, you know, whether it's fires, floods, you know, our, our EMOC capability is quite robust and no different here with the pandemic. Uh, so our ability to get going quickly, uh, certainly, um, on this scale was, was, you know, I think a bit of a, a surprise, the second was just how quickly all businesses reacted. Like the whole, you know, businesses reacted quickly. They, like, literally the day after the pandemic happened and, and changes were enacted, like the the customers were reaching out, and um, you know, our ability to respond directly correlates to the the culture we have and and, and our team members. And our team members stepped up 110 percent. Um, people, we we as we, we do, we, we, people sort of stopped with their, some of their normal day jobs. And we focused on supporting our customers during this time and the f- speed of which all of that happened and how we reacted. I think uh, the, the results spoke for themselves in terms of our ability to keep our network running with, with fairly limited impacts uh, due to the pandemic. And, and then the second part was how quickly that ended, um, you know, three months kind of businesses got back to, okay, we're, we're through that initial tranche. 
Uh, and, and now it's okay. Well, how am I going, you know, now that we know this is here to stay to some degree, how quickly business has shifted to uh, thinking about their own digital transformation and use of technology. And, and I think that's where I saw some of the biggest changes. It wasn't in the technology itself. You know, many of the solutions that uh, businesses required, we had, uh, you know, access and, you know, and we're delivering already, but it was the perception of technology and the perceptions of businesses and people of how to leverage the technology that I think was really interesting. And I'll give you a, a good example. Um, you know, we're, we're in our, in our health part of our business, you know, we've been, we have our Akira and our Babylon products around being able to do things like see a doctor remotely. Uh, but when the pandemic hit and the idea of going into hospitals where, where you know, lots of infection rates of COVID, um, people's adoption of the technology was, was significant. Government's adoption of the technology was significant. So, and, and really not much change on the technology front. It was really around how people adapted and are now thinking about the technology in terms of their business. And so it's accelerating uh, the digital plans I think businesses already had and that and we're going to see that continued acceleration and of course some of the new technology that comes up things like 5g I think you'll see an accelerated adoption of technology in the future is is there anything yet uh, that you can point to that you think has been a specific learning during the pandemic for TELUS? Uh uh, yeah certainly for us one of the learnings was thinking about um, our supply chain. Uh, I think the, you know, it's one thing to have, you know, emergency plans and and thinking about how you keep your business running, but the pandemic was global in nature. And that put a lot of stress on supply chains. And so when you think about business continuity planning, you actually have to go much further and and deeper into your suppliers and and, uh, how you have diversity of geography and all of those those components and i think that was that was a learning for us uh, that uh, you know we will continue to uh, to leverage one of the things that i think businesses were pointing to in the beginning when those supply chains were disrupted was the the you know the tendency of businesses in the last generation to have a just in time kind of supply and inventory uh, around it does it mean now you think that companies will need to have um, a faster availability, a, a larger stockpile of, uh, of, of the things that they manufacture. Potentially, I, I, I think it'll come down to uh, businesses will look at diversity within their supply chain uh, more closely. I think diversity doesn't mean just in suppliers, but also geography, yeah. um, skill sets, uh, and, you know, I think um, thinking about what's most critical during a pandemic and wanting to make sure that's onshore versus maybe offshore. These are the, some of the, I think the things that many businesses will be looking at in the future around how do they, you know, during um, a, a pandemic type situation that could be ongoing for, you know, months or longer. I think that's where you'll see a lot of focus by businesses to make sure they have that reliability going forward. Our discussions this week are all around uh, technology, some of the acceleration of it, some of the development of it. But I also uh, am asking uh, people what they think technology really can't replace uh, in the pandemic. What what is still somewhat of a missing ingredient in that uh, personal dynamic 
have with employees, suppliers, collaborators, and so on. What, what do you think technology is still not able to do? I think um, you can never, I mean, I think technology is, is improving, but one thing it can't replace is the human connection. Uh, as much as this is a, a wonderful interaction, I, I think there's always something missing uh, in the face-to-face. So I, I don't believe uh, that we're ever going to uh, fully replace it. I think it, it will change the way we operate, but I, I think the need for you know personal interaction is still there, uh, especially when you talk about things like you know driving culture. Uh, engagement with team members, uh, you know, all of those things. I think while technology can help, you know, manage some of the costs associated with with pulling people together, um, it can't fully replace it. And, you know, that, you know, we'll have to manage through that. But I think that's what we're seeing is long periods of time where people are working from home and the impacts on on mental health uh, of team members, the impacts on collaboration and, and driving, you know, your culture, the, these are the things that we have to take strong consideration of. And I don't, technology can help, but it can't replace that. TELUS has, has gotten such great marks over the years for its community work as well. And, and uh, you know, the, but it, it also, you know, sometimes charity does start at home in all, in all of this. We, what, how are you starting to really figure out what it is that you have to do with, with teams and employees? in order to ensure that they stay, um, they stay robust, they stay motivated, they, they stay connected in this period. Now that we're past that first stage of, of the pandemic where everybody was, was quickly trying to adapt. Yeah, there, there's a few things, that, in particular, the mental health and well-being aspect. So there's a few things we did as an organization. And you know, the first was we we actually established a medical advisory council, and and the task force of experts was really to help. Um, in, you know, in building our preparedness playbook, we, you know, we because you know as as the healthcare organization, our chief neuroscience officer, uh, Dr. Diane McIntosh, shared many blogs with team members, tips to stay healthy. These seems like simple things, but but really uh, showcasing. Uh, those ongoing virtual webinars, that, you know, that we we care. I think as leaders, we had to um, be much more uh, proactive in our in reaching out to our team members, both on an individual basis, uh, but also at a team team basis, to make sure uh, that they they knew uh, that they had resources that that we understood what they were going through, and that we were more flexible as an organization uh, to manage. The realities of of working from home and remotely. As an example, while these tools that we're using are fantastic for keeping in touch, um, you know, the, there are requirements to to be you know off off grid, offline, and making sure you're building into the way you manage and work with teams who are working remotely. That there are it is okay to be offline. That it is okay to, to be more flexible to manage both personal family needs and business. And, um, and I think that's where we saw a lot of value, especially with parents, uh, uh, with, with young families, that was particularly hard on them. And, you know, as leaders, um, you know, helping them understand it's okay that, you know, your, your, your daughter or son is crying in the background or that you're, you're a bit distracted on video because your kids are coming into the room. 
we just, you know, as leaders, we had to just, you know, uh, showcase by example that 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 isn't uh, an issue and, and give people the space they need to to manage that. And I think that, while simple as it sounds, um, really enabled us as leaders to connect with team members and help them uh, strike the right balance. Yeah, I mean, obviously, one of the things that's so important with any technology is the trust in it. You know, it's reliability and all that. But, but trust is also a slightly different thing in a workplace and in, in a company. Um, have have you, as a company, do you think, uh, had to develop a almost a different understanding of trust in, in as a culture? Not, uh, no. I, I think. We went through that journey, you know, as part of our work styles program a, a decade ago. I think, you know, back to we've had, you know, we've been lucky, you know, back to, you know, the, you know, having the benefit of ten years of learning and the foresight of our CEO to, to enact some of these policies that, you know, enabled us to manage through the pandemic. But that started from a position of trust with our team members. I think working from home type policies doesn't work. If, if you're trying to, you know, manage, uh, you know, tightly what your team members are doing, you have to trust that, that, um, that uh, they're doing the right thing. And, and so we've worked a long time on our culture to enable that. And uh, I, you know, in discussing with many businesses, many of them have said culture and, and how the shift in their organization's culture is, is a big driver, not, not as much necessarily the core technology but but again the culture of their their business and how they use the technology and how they work with their team members in a remote in a remote fashion so for us it was honing those things as opposed to redefining them and uh, again that was one of our key successes through the pandemic a bit of a personal question and and but I think you can also apply it to others that you know who you know who are also executives and leaders in, in technology, but what do you feel you've learned about yourself? <laughs> it's a great question. Well, you know what I've learned about myself is, is that, uh, uh, I really like, um, getting out and, and seeing people and seeing people face to face. Uh, so for me, it's, you know, the first few months of this were, were great, but after a while it, you know, being able to actually get out and see team members. So I'm chomping at the bit for that time to happen because uh, that personal connection being able to build relationships in that way um, you know was actually more really meaningful to me uh, because you know we spend so much time at work and being able to connect with people that you spend you know so much time with I think uh, it was more important than I originally maybe put uh, value onto it but now being remote and seeing seeing that that sort of we all have our, our very strong bubbles now and it's more difficult to cross those bubbles. Uh, it's, uh, you know, that's been a, a real challenge. So even though we're uh, really six months into this, it, it seems like it's an eternity and all this, but are you able to figure out yet how the pandemic might shape TELUS in the years to come already? Yeah, uh, I think there's a few things that, you know, have become very uh, clear to us over over the pandemic and what we think in the future. You know, number one, our investments in our culture, I think, uh, have bared a significant amount of, of value for us, and we're going to continue to do that. Customer experience uh, in a digital world is, you know, it's going to even become more important. Driving, you know, our investments in our world-class network superiority, again, 
in the future um, is going to become even more critical. And then uh, I think for us, what's clear is, you know, like most businesses, we're shifting uh, faster and faster to becoming a digital first organization. And we believe all of those things are going to be critical for our future success. Now, in saying that for, you know, how we're bringing our services to bear, you know, I think it's clear that um, the criticality of digital infrastructure is even more so now. So for us, that's the things like our investment in 5G and bringing 5G to Canadians in a way that, that really showcases uh, its capability in enacting the digital economy. Uh, the continued investment in our fiber network for homes and businesses, uh, you know, really key again in, uh, you know, the digital economy. economy. And then um, uh, we believe sort of that technology, our network security, all the things we deliver can be really turnkey in driving the economy forward uh, and support the various changes in how the economy operates, whether it's teleworking, teleworking, flexible work styles, virtual services, cloud, et cetera, where, you know, we, we believe we have great strength in all of that and, and uh, we'll be able to, to continue to help uh, shape how, uh, how we all work and, and as we move forward. And then last, it, it just shows that, you know, we're continuing to invest in, in our country. Uh, in the next three years, we're going to invest $40 billion uh, to really make sure that we can deliver on the digital infrastructure and, and help our customers and help Canada. Uh, be on the world stage uh, as we shift um, into this new economy. But, uh, mean, so there's some pretty incredible opportunities. Never mind healthcare and and the the, you know, the activity we're doing in healthcare in terms of bringing digital health healthcare and leveraging technology to help transform uh, the healthcare industry. I think <clears throat> that's going to be one of the biggest areas of opportunity in the future um, in terms of how. Uh, Canadians get access to healthcare. So that's just some of the things, but yeah, there's, it's very exciting uh, um, as we go forward for, for TELUS. A $40 billion investment, of course, you know, is, is mind blowing, I think for uh, so many companies and, and you know, almost so many economies even. Uh, but as, as you've seen, uh, our governments are moving hundreds of billions of dollars around right now in order to try to create, uh, you know, the, the optimal conditions in, in mitigating some of the damage of the pandemic and trying to, uh, to deal with the economy. Uh, in, in your mind, what conditions do you feel are necessary for there to have this continued innovation, this continued development of technology, uh, you know, all the while uh, ensuring, you know, a, kind of a, a, a public mindedness about it? Yeah, for me, I think the the biggest uh, opportunity is making sure that Canada stays uh, a great place to invest in. Um, you know, this technology uh, is global, and and uh, you know, people, organizations, you know, can invest in in all over the world. And I think you know, being Canada has some of the best telecommunications infrastructure in the world. <clears throat> we have, you know, the best. Uh, <clears throat> mobility networks in the world, you know, we're, we're, we have very strong uh, foundations for which uh, we can be a leader in, uh, in this digital uh, infrastructure world that we're moving to. And I think, you know, making sure that Canada is a great place to invest and do business in that will be key as it is going to take significant uh, investment to, to make this, you know, to shape and make this transformation. So that to me is, 
is uh, is clearly uh, high on my uh, on my list of things that need to make sure that happen in Canada as we go forward. Well, I'll let you get back to it. Uh, it's uh, <laughs> yeah. been, it's been great talking to, you, and uh, we'll we'll keep track, of course, of Telus, uh, you know, in in the months and, and time to come uh, for what its developments will be. But Marshall, thanks so much for your time today. Thank you very much. Appreciate the time. Take care. Marshall Birkin is the Vice President, Product and Services at TELUS. I'm Kirk LaPointe, Publisher and Editor-in-Chief of Business at Vancouver. You've been watching our special series on technology this week. Thanks for viewing us.